Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we have a special guest, Sandro Marco Moore, the CEO and chairman of Ascentive Global. Sandro is a powerhouse in the realm of business relationship marketing and getting referrals that convert. With over a decade of experience, he has been instrumental in scaling businesses and reducing marketing costs through effective networking strategies. Sandro is not just a business leader. He's a visionary who has received international awards for his work. He was Ascentive's youngest master franchisee and has trained extensively in Germany, Austria, the USA, and many more. Under his leadership, Ascentive Global has tripled in size in just two years. His mission is to help businesses grow through strong relationships and smart strategies. He believes in the magic of making the right connections. Beyond the boardroom, Sandro is a family man living with his wife, Sonia, and their three children. He's a man of diverse interests from sports to fine wines and fast cars. I've asked Sandra to join us here today to share his story, plus help us elevate our business relationships and grow our network. So Sandra, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you? Well, thank you for inviting me to your uh, podcast interview. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's an honor and pleasure to have you. Now, before we get into network marketing and relationship marketing, not network, but networking and relationship marketing. I want to ask, how did you even get started in business and marketing and sales? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Were your parents? Yes, that's a good question. So I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So my dad had a big company in construction and I was involved in them also to the beginning of my 20s. And I see what's happened with business connection and how much important our business relationship between providers, services, and kind of clients. And I had learned that as a young guy, as a child, to understand what the connection is. And I realized that that makes a difference in the world. And that is that started my fire, my internal fire. And so to the beginning, I was involved in the marketing and, of course, the, the sales acquisition process in my family company. And later, together with my wife, Sonia, I have built up the own company with a referral marketing business relationship. And we have started the business that we have today on the mm. local basis. And now we are available worldwide. Which is fantastic. That's so fair. So was this just like your dad gave you a couple of pep talks and it's been nothing but success and sunshine and rainbows and money coming out of all falling from the sky? Yeah, <laughs> I have learned a lot. So I have seen what for opportunities are possible when you have a successful business and to the same time I have learned also how hard can that be to handle all the challenges and problems around the business and yeah I have seen both sides so the sunny side but also the hard sides and that was one of the, the best phases in my life that I have learned that really from the ground and of course I have learned a lot from my dad he was his whole life an entrepreneur and I have learned I've learned a lot from him, but I think the most important things that I have learned from him was that I have seen what he do. So he don't teach me that, 
So he was a role model that I have seen each day. And that was definitely a much impressive experience in my life. Yeah, I believe that. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you've had in your business career? And how did you overcome them? That's a good question. I think the most beautiful stuff that I can have in my business are around people. And the, the biggest problem is around people. So, <laughs> so I believe that every entrepreneur, every person can make the difference in a life for another person. And in both sides, of course, I mean that in a positive aspect. But yes, the people make the difference. And the people can make the difference also in a negative way. So definitely the answer to your question is definitely to handle and manage person and personalities. Mm. And how did you learn that? Was Because obviously, was it just through observing your dad? Was it like some books that you read? Was it trial and error? First, you did this, you realized you should do that? Yes. So I <laughs> I have learned that not in a school or in a university. I have learned that in the daily business. Of course, I have read a lot of books the last 10, 15 years. I have studied all the great consultants, trainer, and all the biographies from the big entrepreneurs worldwide and learn from each book a piece. As you see in the background, my, my personal uh, books was definitely an important piece to learn all the stuff. At the end of the day, the biggest learning was that I have to understand that I be not uh, the normal case. So each individual person is is the normal for themselves. So in a sense, if you work with the, the root of referral behavioral style topics, so we have four different uh, kind of behavioral styles. And when you have to understand that, that each person is different, each person has different attributes and different uh, kinds to handle, understand, and like things that makes easier for yourself and for your person in your front to work together. So that is definitely the, what, what I have learned over the, the years. That makes much, much easier. That makes much, much faster. And to the same time, uh, still, it's this challenge that you have to understand that not each person have maybe the same goal or the same power as we have by ourselves. Mm. So you said there's four kinds of people, four kinds of behavioral styles. What are they? So we have uh, four, yeah, um, that also in color. So for the one, the first style, it's, it's, it's the, the, as we say that to the, that's the go-getter. So mostly is that uh, in the red color. So that's more a, a dominant person. It's a, a number-oriented person. It's it's more leadership. It's not an empathic-based people. <laughs> so that is the first one. And then on the second side, on the right side, we have the yellow type that is a promoter. The promoter is an extrovert person that loves to speak, that loves to communicate, that loves to network, that loves to be hang around with other people. Mostly enthusiastic, new goals, is motivated for many things, a good moderator and all these things. As we, we know that a lot in the referral marketing fairs. The third person is the third behavioral style is examiner. Examiner is 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 type of blue. Examiner are persons that are very correct, process oriented person, like a book account or like tax expert, like lawyer and all these kind of professionals. They works really professional in detail without the fails and mystics. They can make a process with a hundred percent of safeness and correctness. 
So that is examiner. And then the fourth type is, is the green. So the nurturer, we talk that. So, so that's a person that absolutely is a human oriented, is, is personal oriented, is huge of an empathy. It's a, a good a good friend, a good listener, can be a perfect doctor or nurse, can be a perfect helper, a perfect personality that you can have as friend. So that, that's kind of things. Yeah. And our program is to teach people, entrepreneurs and companies that we that so, fa- so fast as possible that you can have an oriented style. Then your personal attribute, how you communicate with them, it's completely different in a different style. Right. That's just a cool thing when you learn that. And that makes your business growing fast and your life makes easier. <laughs> yeah. So what would you recommend to someone who's maybe starting out in business or even struggling? In general or in these topics, you mean? Maybe a bit of both. So one might be they've got, they don't know how to hire, they don't know how to train, but then also just in general, and it is general advice, but if things just aren't working, where do they begin? As we see many dozen examples each day on the different branch, uh, as authentic works with business and business owner and solopreneurs to build up their business. And I can say definitely... The most important thing is that you have the focus and you don't lose the focus of your product, income, productivity. I have changed it all the time for German in English. Income, productivities, activities. So doing only stuff that bring your money in. And to beginning of a business, the most of the people do anything. They make web page, they make blogs as we do here. They started to read a book and all the things. That makes sense, but not to beginning, okay? To beginning, you have to build up your pipelines of referrals, your business relationship that you received enough leads that you can pitch your offering. That's the first priority at the beginning. So the first priority when you start a business is to bring the money in, and then you can solve all the other challenges. But that is the focus in the, in the first months or maybe also the first years. And many startup owners don't want to understand that, but right. that is the difference. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. And I agree. I think that things like advertising and branding and that a lot of people want to hang out there. But I personally, I feel like it's an excuse to avoid the results. Like I, I'm sorry, yes. but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put, I've always had an issue with brand marketers. Listen, I know it's a necessary thing and I understand there's real value in brands, but I also feel like it's in some cases, not all, it's a safe place to hide when you can't get results. I cut my teeth door to door and doing direct response marketing. And it is very clear. Did you have butts in seats for the event or not? It was just, you can't do, we're just getting awareness out there. Like we're just, our font like that. I just can't, our brand dress. There's value to that a hundred percent. But I believe that a brand is often built off of the relationships you build as you market and sell your business. It's not that you put out this fake persona and that's your brand. It's that you are getting yeses and nos through your marketing and your sales and how you interact with people, how you treat people, how you take care of your customers. That echo of your activity is your brand. And it's identified by logos and colors and that sort of thing. Yeah, would you agree with that? Absolutely, 100% agree with that. And in the most case, exactly what you say, it's that's an excuse and a self-sabotage to the entrepreneurs in the starting phase. And each of these activities makes sense. And each of these activities, it's right, but to the right time. 
Okay, cleaning is mostly not the right time. Uh, as you say, branding stuff, and it's important, but not beginning. Or a blog interview that we're both doing right now, it's great, I like it, and it's an instrumental that you use successful, but that was not the first thing that you have done. <laughs> then we come to the process. You don't need a, a high quality landing page and dozens of funnels to beginning. That's it's important when you achieve a minimum of income constantly each month, then you can talk about that stuff. Yeah, I have I have published a few books and it's a great feature and a lead magnet for us today. But that was definitely not one of the <laughs> one of the priority activities in the first five, six, or ten years. Right. You can do that when you have uh, the goal to achieve more awareness and all these things. But as you say, the beginning is important. Build up your strong network, build up your strong relationship, find your referral partners, and go out of the comfort zone. So, yeah. I don't take calls or sales pitch is a most 100% excuse and self-sabotage. Right. Don't. 100%, 100%. And I'm guilty myself in, in certain projects in that. I, I hate to admit it, where I spent more money than I'd like to admit running ads to send clicks to a web page and then watching recordings and heat maps, trying to figure out why they didn't do this or that. When if I just got them on the phone, it would have been a five-minute conversation. For people that are listening, a really great activity is called the Dream 100, where you come up with a list of 100 ideal prospects, ideal referral partners, ideal that, and you reach out to them. Hey, would you or anyone be interested in results? I'm putting a small group together, or I'm helping a few people with XYZ get this result. Would you or anyone be interested? That's it. There's, and that makes it easy. So it's not just, are you interested? Would you or anyone and hit that dream 100? I actually just talked to an old coaching client of mine. He, um, he just, he made it big in crypto and he had, he's in Latin America. It's in a non-English speaking business. And he's in Latin America. He had a very relatively successful lifestyle business doing very well. He's got four kids and he made it big in crypto. He's investing. He did a pre-launch, was making some money. And he ended up building the first legal crypto hedge fund in his country, registered with the government and everything. And he raised over a million dollars of investment. And so now he's like full in, this is his new passion, this shiny object. And he's Daryl, I'm closing the business down. It just doesn't make enough compared to this. I'm giving this up. And I told him, I was like, look, Louis, don't get rid of the, because the crypto is just numbers on a screen. The other one is like people. And he didn't listen to me, he did it. And I'm not always right, but I was right this time because the crypto market turned and then he had to go restart it up. And as I'm going to bring this around full circle and he, we talked and he was like, man, my paid ads aren't working. This, this, this. And I said, how many, he's got multiple different programs, some courses stuff, but his highest level program was a monthly subscription coaching group. And I said, how many people do you have? How many names do you have as buyers? He said, I've got about six, 700. And I was like, well, call them. So we did. <laughs> and then I called them back a couple of months later and I go, how's it going? He went, oh, it's going okay. I called all those 600 people. I got 50 of them to join back. I talked to 60, maybe 70 of them. And I got 50 of them to come back. I went, Louie, that's great. And he's yeah, but it's not enough. Cause you know, now I got to pay my coaches and I got to pay this. It's not enough. And I went, what about the other 520 or 530 people? He's I called them. I was like, yeah, but did you get in touch with them? No. So why didn't you call them again? And he's, I don't know why. <laughs> So he was like, Louie, you closed 50 out of 60, 70 phone calls. And then you left over 500 of them 
just sit there collecting dust. So that's very interesting what you say. Then that that's exactly what we believe on it. We, in a sense, believe that business happen between person and persons. Okay, not between companies and companies or organization or whatever. Always person in person. Even also with, uh, as you say, crypto. And all the stuff that's coming up now and will be the future, also IA and all this systematic. When you have, when you want to make a big deal, when you want to have a constantly very well business relationship, when you have a, a drama or a big problem to solve, you need business relationship. And as we in our center, we work also with different marketing instruments, email campaigns and social media campaigns in, 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 in all the platforms and all the things that's part of the game. But at the end of the day, person to person make the difference. You have to build up strong and relevant uh, relationship to the person that you want in your area or you want in your room. And that makes, that put you in a position that you can handle not only the business, but your whole life in the kind that you want. And that's what you say with the example of the, the guy that called the 50 or 70 people's one time is exactly that. So I teach our franchisees that we have to build up our communities in the pre-phase. Okay, mm -hmm. what I mean with them, a, 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 a community member is a person that pay the membership fee and coming in. But the really big business started before. We call our leads many times, mostly over years, and build up business relationship why we really want to help them, why we believe that we can help the prospect with our content. And when he's not ready for an agreement, okay, that's happened. But we will call them over and over again until he is definitely a member of our community. And I think that's make the difference. So at the end of the day, as you know that, yep. take yeah. calls, and calls and speak to each other is the most effectively tool yeah. yep. to stop. Yeah, 100%. In fact, one of my favorite training materials that I do I give people is the children's book, the Dr. Seuss book, Green Eggs and Ham. I've, do you know that book? No, no. Oh, for those of the listeners that do, you should read it. It's a children's book, but I think it's actually a sales manual. And it's just a really simple book. It's 30 pages, but he just says, hey, would you eat green eggs and ham? And the guy goes, no. And he goes, would you eat them in a house? Would you eat them with a mouse? And the guy goes, I would not eat them in a house. I would not eat them with a mouse. And he goes, would you eat them in a boat with a goat? He's like, I would not eat him with a boat and a goat. And he just keeps going on and on for 12 pages until the guys look. If I just try this green eggs and ham, will you leave me alone? And he's, yes, try them. You might like them. So he takes a bite and then he's, I love green eggs and ham. And he's like singing <laughs> and he's, I would eat them with a goat. I would eat them in a boat. And he just goes on and on. And it's just, I just, it's that people buy when they're ready to buy, not when you're ready to sell. And people. Yes. And people buy what they want to be not what they need. Say that again. Can you expand on that a little bit for the audience? Here? Yeah, I explain that in other words. So when I say people buy what they want to be and not what they need is each, when, as that, when you make a decision to buy someone, then it's that in two steps. In the first step is an emotional aspect. So you be connected in an emotional uh, trigger point to this service, to this product, or like that. And in the second phase, you make a, 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 a ratio argument to yourself right. that you can buy that. Okay. For example, an iPhone. 
Okay. The newest type from coming on the mark. That is mo and you can also Samsung or whatever you want. That is in the in the first phase, it's that an emotional connection. And do you want that? Okay. Mm. And then the ratio is everybody have that. I need that. I need that for work. I need that for manage my family. I need that for my email or whatever the shit is. Okay. Right. But that right. is not right. really true. Okay. For the ratio aspect, don't make sense to sell an iPhone, to buy an iPhone or to buy a Samsung or whatever, uh, that, that it's too expensive, too overloaded. You can have much, much cheaper brands that make the same. You want to have that in an emotional aspect. So people buy emotional and make ratio uh, arguments by themselves. Logical argument so, that comes after. Yes. Each people buy what they want to be, not what they need. Well said. So what habits do you feel have been most important helping you on your path to success? I think you have each person or each entrepreneur in specific have to build at first a good fundament so that each person really know what you do and why you do that, what you do. Also here, when we ask our clients what you do, then they tell something else. But then we have to work deeper and then we really understand why they do that. Uh, for myself, for example, I help entrepreneurs worldwide that have see on my family business what can happen when that not works. And that is the reason, my personal emotional reason that I work that each day. And after them, you have to build up your vision. So what is your big picture? What do you really want? And when you have that, then you can go back to your mission. The mission is what, how you do that. And then you set it goals. And then after them, it's just doing. So <laughs> it's mm. boring, but doing and follow your process and follow your activities. And then you achieve the goal. And all stuff that is not on this route, you have to cancel or you have to, to step that back. But focus, still the focus is important. Mm, focus. I love that. Yeah. And a lot of this fits in to a certain extent to some of the research that I've done. We, I spend about 50,000 US to go through all the scientific papers on what moves the needle for small and medium-sized businesses. I hired 10 assistants to help me go through all the academic literature from all over the world, from Saudi Arabia and Thailand and others. And we uncovered eight critical success factors. And people always ask me, Daryl, what's the one factor that rules them all? And it's self-efficacy. That's the biggest thing. And Elon Musk has said this too. He said, if you work a hundred hour a week and your competitor only works 30 hours, you'll iterate so fast, they won't be able to keep up. And it's not necessarily a cheat code, but it's the concept of hard work will always beat talent when talent refuses to work hard. And so I think what you said about having an emotional tie and a vision is really important for keeping you focused enough because it, it just takes focus, but you got to feed the beast. You got to feed the beast of failure to figure out what the connection is. And that way you can really fast forward and grow. Sandro, what are some of the other greatest mistakes that you see your clients and other entrepreneurs making? Definitely not enough focus of simple products. So 90% of the offerings that I see is too complicated. So keep it simple and make it simple that everybody understands that internally in the company, but also for the prospects. And the second one is definitely not enough, not enough focus and activities of sales. And I say sales, not marketing. Sales, marketing is a different. Marketing and sales is not the same. Okay. Sales, not enough activities on sales. 
I think in a summary, what I see is it's the most entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs make the mistake that they don't save enough money and they don't see who, how much important is that, that you have enough capital uh, around you and in the company to be flexible, to be safe, uh, to be agile. And yeah, that's, that's uh, sadly and to see that the potential is there, but they have not the right priority to achieve this, these things. I think that's really powerful. I think I agree that sales is the lifeblood of getting people into the company. And obviously then you have to have a good product. And you mentioned that there's a difference between sales and marketing. So sales is often things like prospecting work, outbound calls, networking, doing events, trade shows, speaking or webinars, and re-engaging old clients, right? Partnerships is the same as a prospect, but you don't have a direct competitor. So it's networking with ambassadors or influencers. It's co-branded campaigns. It's white labeling things or working with a subcontractor, whereas advertising is things like paid ads, Facebook, Google, YouTube. It's things like doing PR, right? Interviews like this. It's it's flyers, it's direct mail, it's all these kinds of things. And then of course the branding, like we talked about, right? Where you're trying to trying to get your name out there. So the difference is in scale and proximity to collecting cash. Marketing is just prospecting amplified, essentially. Well, and I think adding to that, what you say, it's I see many business cases or people present me new business cases and all these things or challenges in their business. And of course, that's the most of them are very interesting and make sense and, and, and looks potential for the future and all those things. But at the end of the day, and that is what I have learned many years ago from one of my first mentors, the question is, you have the authorization in the market for this business. And this is direct connection to sales. Okay, and you have a business, but not that, not one people or not enough people buy your product, then maybe you have not the authorization in the market for this business. That's a hard point, but that's the point. I think that's a really well said way to say it, because a lot of people, they like baking and their friends go, you're big, your pies are so good. You should open up a bake shop and they go, I will. And they pick a location that's close to home. And then they spend all this time designing their menu and their brand and the logo and the chairs. And they spend all this money. They sign. I know a guy that did this with an A school. He signed a five-year lease for a, a piece of a place. And then he opens his school. But then he's like, where, like all the friends come and make the obligatory first purchase. And then they dry up because they got lives to live and they're not really your customers anyways. And then you got to go find customers. And this guy, he, ate, oh. <laughs> yeah, he ate four years of, of rent with that five-year lease, right? Because after a year, he just couldn't. And it's because he opened it up where it was really cheap, which that was his main focus. That wasn't where the people were. He was, you got to I go think the biggest, the biggest misunderstanding is exactly what you say now. The, the, uh, many entrepreneurs that started the business or startups that started their own brand and ideas um, make the completely mystic that they mean the people running through the door automatically. And uh, as you say, you do all the stuff before the logos, walls, and all these things. And after a few months, you have the missing link. Oh, the customer is missing. Yeah. Now we have yeah. someone <laughs> with the customer. And that is horrible. But I have not seen since almost 20 years, 20 years, a business 
that the people run through the door without of process and works behind. Even yeah. not McDonald's or Burger King or all the big brands, Six and all these things as worldwide. I know the process behind. Or even not they. That's a lot of works behind that the people walk through the door and buy your product. And that is a fact that the most people maybe not see or don't want to see. Yeah, I agree 100%. And and people sometimes they try to argue on this, but but Elon Musk made $100 million, no, three, $300 million US pre-selling a car. He had no team to build and no factory to make. He pre-sold a car. He made one and went, look, I made a car. And then he collected $300 million <clears throat> worth of orders. And then he went to built a factory and hired a team. Yes. So a good example, first priority, clients, right. sales, capital. Right. And as you say, Tesla, in this example, they have the, the first round they had make almost out of external investor. Yeah. Sell the cars. You have a picture. You want to like it. You can pay it. Yeah. Wait two or three yeah. years or longer. <laughs> yeah. Two, three. Hey, thanks for the thousand dollars. I'll get you a car and you can pay the rest in three years. That's it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate example of entrepreneurship in the sense that he made a minimum viable product, said, this is what it's going to be and look like who's in and the market authorized him to go ahead with that business plan. So well said, Sandro, this has been a great call. You've given such valuable insights. I know you're, you got an next appointment coming up and I want to be respectful of your time. Is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you? No, not at this point. It was a oh, pleasure. Got it. Let me, well, so let me say it too. Yeah. yeah, please. Wow, if people want to learn more, where do they go? How do they get in touch? <laughs> I hope so. So uh, my last sentence was that I couldn't say, yeah, when you want to know more about us, so go on ascentive.com. You, you will find your franchise branch in your region. We are available in 40 franchise branch in over 14 countries worldwide. And I hope you can, you have learned some pieces that you can involve and implement it in your business. and. Don't forget that you can be the different. Yeah. So go check out Ascentive.com, A-S-E-N-T-I-V. Go get yourself some predictable referrals. You can also look up Sandro Moore on LinkedIn, S-A-N-D-R-O-M-A-R-C-O-M-O-O-R. Sandro, thank you again for joining us today. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I know you've got so much on your plate. Thank you for coming and sharing with my audience so we can all do a little bit better. Thank you so much, Daryl. Pleasure for me. Thank you.